You're listening to Out and Proud, a Fidelity Pride production. This podcast is designed to allow members of the LGBTQ plus community and those demonstrating acts of allyship to share their coming out stories, both at Fidelity and in the whole wide world. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and on today's episode, I speak to Kendall Messick, head of category management here at Fidelity Investments. Kendall has a beautiful story that I think you're definitely going to enjoy. He talks about his early upbringing, his decision to come out at 18 when he was leaving high school, and his decision to just last year in 2020 be, in his words, fully unedited about his whole life. I don't want to give too much away. I just want you to listen. So stick around. My conversation with Kindle will be right up after this. You're listening to Out and Proud. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and I am here with Kendall Messick. Kendall, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thanks, Joe. I am excited to dig into your story, um, and I think it's it's an important one, and it's a powerful one, and I'm excited for the listeners to, to hear it. Uh, I was recently... Uh, a blessed enough to be able to to hear your story and it definitely impacted me. And so I want to get into that and we're definitely going to cover that. But I think let's start first maybe at when was the first time that you understood a little bit more about your own orientation? From uh, as long as I can remember from the uh, the age of probably two or three, um, I, I had the sense that uh, I was more attracted to boys than girls. Uh, I didn't know what it was called, of course. It was very innocent. Um, but uh, that has basically been a hallmark of my life from a very, very early age. Uh, I was, uh, looking back, you know, I, I officially came out uh, at the age of uh, 18 uh, as I was um, graduating high school and going on to college. And uh, when I say I came out, I came out to, to friends and family um, because I recognized at that point that, um, that to be anything other than, uh, gay, uh, didn't really fit with who I was. And, uh, so that's where I, I suppose my, my life as a gay person really began at the age of 18. I, you know, we talk about language mattering so much and not having the language to kind of understand something that's so fundamental about ourselves is is difficult because as we're going through life, we may see things where people are using certain languages as far as like, this is, this is quote unquote, traditionally the way folks live their lives. And it's like, well, this doesn't quite resonate with me. Um, And we're searching for commonalities in other folks. And we're trying to understand, are we represented in, in a lot of these different avenues that we're, we're seeking out. And so I think it's so interesting that, you, you went through life and then kind of did the official, I guess, coming out at 18. And what was the, what was the reaction like when you did come out to friends and family? Uh, it was, it was, it was not easy with family. Um, uh, friends, it was easier. Uh, I, I should mention that, um, 
throughout my childhood, uh, I was perceived to be different by, uh, by my peers. And uh, unfortunately, I had a number of years of pretty severe bullying um, that led me to, it led my parents actually to pull me out of one school and put me in another. Um, and so, you know, the, the bullying, I think clearly uh, came about as a result of the perception that I was potentially gay and different. I certainly wasn't saying I was gay at that point. But I think that uh, looking back, you know, other students perceived me to be gay and, and therefore started to, you know, bully me with name calling and those kinds of things. Right. Um, by the time I had, was coming out at the age of 18, uh, you know, friends that I had a relationship with um, were very accepting, even though it was a very different time. I mean, this is back in the early 1980s. Um, and uh and and yet family you know it was a different story uh it was really really hard for my parents to come to grips with the idea that i wouldn't have children uh that i wouldn't get married in the traditional sense of getting married and uh and and that took a bit longer for my parents to wrap their head around um but i'm happy to say that at this point uh, my mother, who is still alive, my father's deceased. Um, my mother's, you know, completely comfortable with who I am, and 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 understands that uh, it's 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 who I am, and right. and it doesn't mean that I'm a different person than than the person she thought I was. Right. No, and I think that's a that's an important note, right? Like the the acknowledgement of this is who you are, this is who you've always been, and I think sometimes with either friends or family in particular, it can it can be a journey. I think it can be a journey for for those who may not identify or may not have personal connections to to understand this fundamental piece of someone, right? And so it it's very positive to hear uh, the journey that she's taken, and it's it's you know it's difficult to hear about the bullying. It's difficult to hear about the 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 early struggles of, of acceptance, because I think that that resonates so, <clears throat> so much with, with the, within the LGBTQ plus community, because there are so many stories where, where folks waited until they were 18 to share that they were um, who they were, whether gay, lesbian, um, bisexual, transgender, anything and everything within the community, because they feared getting kicked out of the house, not having somewhere to live, not having somewhere to stay. And so um, it's interesting to me that that time period of I'm going out to live independently for either college or for another reason. And I'm choosing like, I'm no longer going to be bound by these different, these different guises. I'm going to fully embrace my authenticity and, and let you know, this is who I am. So Walk me through what it was like then after having come out from, I guess, your college time until you entered the corporate world. What was that experience like for you? You know, um, but before responding to that, one one thing I'd like to say is looking back at the bullying, of course, at the time it was very traumatic. But when I look back now uh, with the perspective of age and experience, I believe that, that truly difficult uh, period uh, informed a lot of the later successes I've had. 
I think the fact that as a young person, I struggled and had to find inner strength um, and that I've been motivated to prove something. A lot of that emanates from the negativity of, um, of the bullying that I experienced when I was young. So, you know, I, I wouldn't change it looking back uh, when I was going through it. It was extremely difficult. Um, but looking back I, now, I really feel that it's informed a lot of my success. Yeah. Um, it's, it's informed, you know, what motivates me. And, uh, and so, you know, it's, it's been part of my journey, but not, a, not necessarily, it was a bad part at the time. Sure. But, but now I look back and, and, and I think it's, it, it's played a role in who I am today. Right. In a no, big way. Yeah. I think that, I think that's key where we find, we find the way to use the pieces of our story that, that are, that are difficult and tough in order to find that strength and use it um, moving forward. And, and, and as you, as you talked about having the ability to have that inner strength, which helped you with other items that came afterwards and later. And it's not lost on me that I had the love and support of a family that, uh, that, that, that clearly wanted to see me um, transcend and, 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 and be successful uh, and to, to be able to navigate that, that difficult period. So I think it's, it's all combined. Yeah, definitely. So circling back on, on post coming out, or I would say maybe immediate post coming out, what was that experience like for you within college and then, and then we'll get into the corporate world as well. You know, initially, uh, my first year of college, uh, I had a bit of a rough time. Uh, there was uh, some more of the bullying that took place. Uh, I went to a Southern university and uh, was, you know, at the age of 18, of course, um, out as a gay person. Um, I was smart enough to not necessarily tell everyone in my circle that I, you know, including those that I didn't consider friends, uh, that I was out because again, this is the early 1980s. Being gay was not as widely understood um, as it is today. Uh, so I didn't go around announcing, hey, I'm Kendall and I'm gay. Uh, and so that first semester when I was in college, uh, I was living in a suite with seven other guys and uh, they came to learn that I was gay. And then the bullying kind of started all over again, the bullying that I'd experienced as a younger person. So that first semester was tough, but then I found my, my group of friends and that group of friends, you know, were, you know, men, women, gay, straight, international, domestic, um, you know, in other words, Americans and, and, and people from other parts of the world. And I would say from the second semester of my freshman year forward, I'd had an amazing experience throughout college uh, and was very much myself. You know, I was very much, um, out as a gay person with all of my friends and uh, the bullying I experienced early on in my college years um, faded away. And, uh, and, and, you know, as we've seen over, over the, the recent decades, um, sexual orientation, gay, bisexual, uh, other, other ways of, of living outside of the heterosexual norm uh, have been portrayed much more in the media today. And so it is, much easier today uh, to be out with just about everyone. Um, that said, I would say the workplace is a space where uh, I've struggled over many decades until this last year to to truly be myself. Uh, and that's 
that's one of the reasons I think you wanted me on today's program. Yes. So, Yeah, no, I think you bring up a very good point, And that's the aspect of representation. And so when you don't have representation in the media or in the public space, or not a lot of it, it can be very difficult for either someone who does identify to see themselves represented and, and feel that they're not alone. And on the other side, if someone does not identify, it can be difficult for them to understand the person that's standing in front of them telling them who they are because they haven't had any any context or experience with understanding someone's story and perspective. And and that has definitely changed over the last couple decades, as, as you indicated, even in the last handful of years, we've seen a huge ramp up in a lot of this representation and, and nuanced representation and the intersectionality of the representation as well has been crucial. So, but yes, going back to what you're talking about, about the workplace, I would like to know um, as you were, in, and maybe here's a question that I would like to ask is, did some of your prior experiences with with the bullying or just the 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 treatment um, by by peers inform your decisions entering into the workplace and deciding to not necessarily be public about this aspect of your life? It's certainly you know the the, the early experiences of marginalization clearly informed um, my sensitivity to understanding that I couldn't always be honest about all aspects of me. I couldn't always bring my whole self right. um, forward. And, uh, and I believe that having experienced a lot of that marginalization, I became very adept at understanding those situations where being too transparent could potentially come back to bite me. Right. And uh, so upon graduating from college and then entering the corporate world um, in the late 80s, it was apparent very quickly that I was surrounded by uh, a lot of primarily heterosexual people. There was almost no one that I can recall that was out uh, that may have been homosexual or bisexual. And that alone uh, led me to realize pretty quickly that unless I wanted to become the poster child, uh, that it was probably best to keep that aspect of my life on the sidelines. Now, going from that perspective, which we've heard folks share before, um, having that perspective, what was the catalyst for you to change your approach from that approach, fast forwarding to last year? Well, there are a number of factors. Um, first and foremost, um, I think age and experience led me to become more and more comfortable with, uh, with the fact that I'm gay and that, uh, that there shouldn't be a shame, there shouldn't be shame attached to that aspect of who I am. Uh, I've been out in my personal life since I was 18. Right. So anyone I consider friends, uh, uh, anyone I consider to be a friend knows who I am and knows that I'm gay. Right. Um, I spent about 20 years in a structured corporate environment working for large organizations. 
And in that experience at that time, and we're talking about, you know, the late eighties through the nineties and the early two thousands, the companies I worked for were not really embracing diversity, equity, and inclusion like many companies are today. As we've already talked about, sexual orientation was becoming much more part of the dialogue because of its representation in the media. But the companies I worked for back then were not really embracing difference. And I would have to say, when I look back that, um, you know, if I were to have come out at that time, it would have been likely career limiting. And so I didn't. I lived a parallel existence. I, I had a double life, if you will. You know, I had a work life where I would not really talk about uh, my personal life. Uh, I kept it completely separate. And uh, of course, in my in my personal life, I was out, but I wasn't in my work life. Then I spent 10 years as a consultant traveling all over the world, working for different companies. And there it was it was not the same corporate experience. I was not working for one company. I didn't have to navigate the politics. I didn't have to navigate many of the the structures. And so during that period of my working life, the idea of being out, um, you know, it just was not something I really thought about. I kept it separate again, but it was very easy to keep separate. When I became friends with people I worked with, I would come out to them as part of that. But again, it was limited to people I considered friends that I happened to work with. Right. When I joined Fidelity, um, now almost seven years ago, I realized that a lot had changed. Um, I realized that diversity, equity, and inclusion was something that was part of the conversation. Um, The ERGs that were part of Fidelity um, were something I quickly learned about. Although I have to say, coming out of my prior corporate life, um, I wasn't rushing to join the Pride ERG (laughs) when I came to Fidelity. Uh, I was still trying to figure it all out. When I say figure it all out, um, I was still trying to, you know, figure Fidelity out, learn about Fidelity's culture and um, figure out what what it was going to take to be successful here. Right. What happened that led me to become much more open in the last year is that my long-term partner, Paul, and I had decided we would get married. And this was gonna be in 2020. We were planning to get married in Europe and we were about to choose the venue uh, when my partner actually became sick with a brain tumor. Mm and the brain tumor turned out to be cancerous. This was in late January of 2020, just as the pandemic was starting. And I found myself taking care of him for the last six months of his life because he died in August of 2020. As you can imagine, um, it was a heartbreaking period of my life and uh, It came completely out of the blue and having to care for the person you love during a pandemic um, was made even more difficult because I needed to shoulder that responsibility largely alone. Throughout that period, and we did ultimately get married, although it wasn't in Europe, 
Um, we did get married before he died. Throughout that period, throughout that period, I came out to um, many of my colleagues at Fidelity. And some of them had already known that I was gay because we had developed a friendship and it just felt natural for me to share that part of my life with them. But I started to expand the number of people that knew about, that, that I knew and that I worked with as a result of having to navigate the caretaking while working full time. And then after Paul died, uh, I decided it was time to come out more broadly. And we have a leadership blog and procurement that each of the senior leaders uh, will contribute to. And so in January of this past year, or actually this year, January, 2021, I decided to share my story uh, through the leadership blog that went across all of procurement. And it was a decision that I made in no small measure due to the fact that I felt comfortable of fidelity coming out. Yeah. I felt comfortable that I was working in an inclusive environment in part because of how my colleagues had responded with support throughout the difficult journey I was navigating last year. And I also had had num a number of conversations with my late husband, Paul, about coming out in the workplace. And Paul's mindset was that if I didn't come out, and if I, was, if I wasn't my authentic self, if I wasn't my whole self, I should say, I prefer whole self to authentic self, if I wasn't my whole self in the workplace, then I was living with shame. And he made the argument that I was in a number of situations where other people on the team would be open about what they were doing on the weekend or where they'd gone on vacation and what they might be doing with their husband or their wife. And he would always ask me, so do you talk about me? Do you have my picture on the desk? And the answer was no. And in reflection and looking back, thinking about those conversations, thinking about the idea of shame, I realized that it was time for me to put his picture on my desk and that it was time for me to be truly open about who I am in all aspects. And I have to say, after writing the blog and then doing a fireside chat with most of procurement, um, I feel completely liberated in a way I would never have imagined. Um, I'm unedited at this point relative to what's happening in my personal life. Yeah. And it's a really terrific feeling. And I realized that when I look back, it was fear that kept me from opening up and shame. And I just encourage anyone and everyone out there that feels that they need to edit to consider opening up and to consider being your whole self at work. Fidelity is a great place for this. And I suspect there are other companies that are also a great place. Wow. That is so powerful. And Kendall, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing it with us today. I think there's a lot of goodness that we can take from that story, specifically the aspect of being unedited at work, being your whole self at work and inviting 
others into that conversation so they can see whose picture you have on the desk and where you're going on vacation and, and with whom. And so one final question I have for you here, and you touched on it a little bit, but I'll, I'll, I'll try and wrap us up here. If somebody's out there listening and they are struggling with coming out, what would be a piece of advice, an additional piece of advice you would give them? I believe coming out starts with the first step. And, you know, the first step is the first conversation. And hopefully that goes well and that leads to the next step and that's the next conversation. And hopefully that goes well and that leads to the next step and that's the next conversation. Um, Not every conversation will necessarily go well, but my experience here at Fidelity has been that people that I never thought would be open and welcoming have been open and welcoming. I felt a groundswell of support from all aspects of the workplace at my willingness to open up. And uh, I believe that that is a potential for anyone that's different. And I think today more than ever before in many large companies, um, inclusion is a key aspect of the company's mindset, strategy, and culture. Absolutely. Well, Kindle, thank you for being out and proud. Thank you, Joe. If you would like to know more about how you can get started with Fidelity Investments today, go to fidelitycareers.com. That's fidelitycareers.com to get started on your Fidelity career today.